Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Doc, do you think we're out football season? That's a good question, Coach. It depends on what we all do right now. It's essential that we all follow the CDC's and the government's recommendations regarding hand washing, social distancing, and staying at home. If we do that now, we can save the football season in the fall. Our families, our staff, and our players are taking all precautions to stay healthy and help flatten the curve. We can beat this, Coach, but it's going to take us all together right now to be safe and to be aware. Thanks, Doc. Go Tigers. There we go. <laughs> what better way to welcome you to the pod than Coach O and the LSU doctor. Is he a team doctor? I don't know what. That guy deserves a pay hike just for not laughing during the segment. <laughs> I was laughing listening to the segment. <laughs> Wash your hands. Go Tigers. <laughs> you know, Tom Brady went on Howard Stern this week, and people think Howard Stern's the greatest interviewer of all time, but uh, I think Coach O got the answers we needed there. Yes. You know? Succinct to the point. We don't play football, Doc. <laughs> That's right. Short, direct question. And then he affirmed the answer. Ask, how many times a week do we get that question right now? Like, I, I mean, oh. I, I answer some version of that question 10 times a day. Sure. Yeah. It's the only question right now because there's nothing saying, else to talk about. Don't know. From a sports <laughs> perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same answer. Don't know. Yeah. That's don't it. know. Yeah. But, hey, I, Coach O had the, had the Doc. Lay out the roadmap, the game plan. Let's see if we can follow it. No, see let's if we're do gonna our part. Do our part. This is our only plan right now. Right. We don't have other, you know, that's the thing. You got to go with what you got. This is the game plan. I didn't invent it. You didn't invent it. But this is where we're at. Let's follow it. Stay inside. Listen to Coach O. Do whatever. Listen to our podcast. And and uh, we'll get to this because this was a uh, big to-do. And you guys certainly got all fired up in your, uh, your wordsmithing. Coach Gundy. The mullet, the mullet of Stillwater, all mullet, no muscle, as Pat wants to term to call them. <laughs> you guys cracking on Coach Gundy. He's been good to the pod. Let's admit that his his antics, his admitted uh, taking like four Ambien a night to sleep, his various things have been good to the pod. But you have really bizarre comments. So he had a press conference with local reporters. And he started with a 20-minute opening statement. (laughs) The Gettysburg Address is four minutes long. Uh, 20 minutes! It's like Barack Obama just, like, clearing his throat. (laughs) I'm guessing Gundy's not excited I'm comparing him to Obama. But Obama could give a long speech, man. He'd give a long speech. And this was uh, 20 minutes from a football coach. 
He talked about everything about this virus. He clearly has been watching way too much uh, media. If I, if, if I could give one piece of mental health advice to America, don't watch cable news. Don't do it. You're better off without it. Don't know. I'm not, I'm not deciphering which station. They're all just stay away from all. Just listen to reruns of our podcast. <laughs> Anytime yeah, we'll you, you think I'm going to hit that channel and watch. That even in good times, cable news is like the world's about to end. Keep watching. <laughs> now we actually got something where the world's kind of uh, not saying it's going to end, but yeah, it's on the road. <laughs> it's, it's a little closer than did you hear what this random professor somewhere said? Like, that's not a real scan. This is big. So don't watch Pat. Your thoughts on uh, on his statements. Maybe you can allude to more of what he, he said a lot. So I don't even know how to recap it all. But basically he said that uh, the Oklahoma State football workers, the coaches, all that, they should be back by May 1, which I mean, I guess is an ambitious goal. Maybe I, I have no idea. Probably not. But he said that they should play football, whether there's anybody there. Just throw them out there. They're big and strong. They can fight this disease off, I think was one of his lines. Doesn't really seem to care if there's any students on the campus. We're just playing. And mainly, we have to do this because the state of Oklahoma needs the money. We got to make some money for the state of Oklahoma. I think he's saying the quiet parts out loud here yeah. in college athletics, okay? You're not supposed to just straight up admit that all these guys are there for is for you and your other people to make money. You have to like pretend that this is about educational opportunities and camaraderie and building young men and and all of that. He did none of that. So obviously there was a, a big backlash that among other things. So, Pat, you start. What what was it about Coach Gundy's uh, speech and some kind of question and answer session that uh, stuck out. Well, I mean, I was just, I was humbled to be given that brilliance and insight from such a great mind, from such a, a noted Renaissance man who is so smart about so many things. You know, I, I may have been under the assumption that Mike Gundy was just a football coach who was good at the spread offense. <laughs> I didn't know he was a brilliant public health expert that he uh, had a, firm grasp on the direction this whole epidemic is going, that he knew what's best for everyone as far as where to go forward, and that, that he knew way better than Fauci and everybody else who's been put in positions in public health to determine, you know, our, our course as a nation and as a people and as Ed the world, because, you know, Mike Gundy knows better. I mean, you know, he's not just a guy that goes out and shoots rattlesnakes. He's not just a mullet. He's not just the guy that tries to spit in the eye in Norman and misses most of the time because he's 2-13 and 13 against Oklahoma. But oh. uh, he's, he's a brilliant man who's clearly decided that, by golly, they're ready to go back May 1st to work in Stillwater at the football facility. Doesn't matter about the rest of the campus. Screw the rest of the campus. Doesn't matter. Mike Gundy's facility's going back to work. And then shortly thereafter, yes, we are bringing in the unpaid labor so that they can get our economy going and he can earn his $5 million a year. So that was my takeaway from Mike. I was pleased to have him uh, explain it all to me so unequivocally because he clearly knows so much more about it than the rest of us. So, you know, bravo for Mike Gundy. Can't can't thank him enough. The opening sort of soliloquy of this, of this Mike Gundy beauty was 20 minutes where he just got on and started talking. And then the entire press conference was actually 58 minutes. 
And one of the things that makes his ignorance so striking is that if you listen to the whole 20 minutes, it's actually interspersed with like really normal things. Like, I want to thank our first responders in Stillwater and Payne County, the nurses. You know, he kind of goes through all the things he should be saying, right? Like your PR checklist. Like he even said that like, you should lace all the bottom of your shoes if you leave that. So he went and like, all these details that like were very nice things. But then he was like peppered that with the complete lunacy. And the contrast of them is is was just like mind bending to actually to actually listen to. And he just kept going back to like, Every ignorant February 27th talking point about this, like at one point he goes into how a reporter asked him a good question. When did you realize how serious this all was? And he's like, well, I was here in Montana and I read about how it attacked the lungs. And he goes on about how the virus like attacks someone's lungs. And then he just stops. He goes, well, I don't want to try and make this so much more different than the common flu. Hey, Mike, 2000 people died yesterday of this. It's a little bit different than the common flu. Like he was he was like aware of it, but still trying to bend it back to like the own reality that he had created in his head. Yeah, it was like extremely irresponsible. I give the university credit for releasing a statement, but also too, like they did nothing to admonish him. They didn't mention him by name. They just said, we take it very seriously, you know, and it just sort of danced around Gundy in the same way they've done for, you know, 15 years when he's just done completely reckless and irresponsible things like the, you know, like the, like the general contents of, of this entire press conference. Uh, when I called Oklahoma State, like to confirm a couple things and, and get the, the copy of the audio, you could just hear the resignation in the voice of the of the PR people there. How can I help you? And they were completely professional. And I give them a lot of credit because they they absolutely knew the, you know, the the mainstream media blistering that they were going to come to use Gundy's uh, to use Gundy's favorite term. But he is he is clearly in a in a, in a, in a warped world. And um, it, it just I, to me, it shows he's out of touch with his players. Um, he said 103 of them, I think, were were not on campus. I would imagine many of those players, if you look at the socioeconomic demographics of college football, live in underserved communities that are actually hardest hit by this. And they and their family members have, you know, the, the most significant chance of dying if you look at the statistics. And I, I really just I, I really just was. Even by Mike Gundy's low standards that he's that he's brought us to, I was just blown away by the by the ignorance that that he that he put on in this in this press conference. And, you know, the, the fact that there was no one to stop him, nobody just like hit a button. It actually it was interesting to, to look in Oklahoma yesterday. What, what he said was really not particularly well criticized. Most of the stories in, in the local papers there were about Gundy wants football back. And then they said some things like. You know, at some point he said something nice about Eddie Sutton, who's going to the Hall of Fame. And he talked about Eddie Sutton. It was like it was almost it was almost contextualized there as like this is normal. And I think Jenny Carlson, the Oklahoman, did did write a column criticizing him. Uh, you know, a, a day later, but it was just it was just a very interesting peek into like how someone can get to the point where they can say this stuff out loud and have no repercussions. Because at, at a certain point, when you have someone like Mike Gundy, you, you have to think there is an athletic director. And let's face it, Mike Holder's the ex-golf coach who is Boone Pickens' buddy. He's basically like a traffic cone placed in the athletic director seat to let Mike Gundy do whatever he wants. <laughs> and the, the president there is never going to say anything about Mike Gundy because Mike Gundy's way more popular with the fan base and the locals. So this it, it's it's a fascinating study in administrative ambivalence and how a guy can get to this point. You know, taking away what Gundy said, to me, the fact that 
because most of these coaches are getting like you, you, you. I see the quotes and they're look. I'm not the health professional. Love to get football back, but we've got bigger concerns. That type of stuff, basic stuff that we should all be saying. As we've said on this podcast many times, you hear any coronavirus information on this podcast from one of us three, disregard it. It's probably wrong. Okay, we don't know, so this is not the place to get that. And and you basically get that, but then the, you do have Gundy clearly feels. Like I can just riff on whatever. And to me, it's one of those, and whether it's Mike Gundy or any other thing, it's you, you become so powerful that everybody always agrees with you. And, and I, I don't know what the, what his structure of a staff is or what, I don't know Mike Gundy, right? I, I enjoy the headlines he provides. I, I take double Ambien to fall asleep for two hours and go to work. Holy cow. Right. He's a character, but I just think it's like this idea where he, he thinks he's so smart and so funny and everything he says is so important. And he's the one that understands everything so much better than everyone else. There's sort of just an ego to it that, of course, I'm just going to riff on how we ought to do this and what the this this group's doing wrong or this or that. And I'm just going to you know what? I, I think the players need to sacrifice and come back. We need money. And and like you said, there's no one at Oklahoma State's going to do anything. No one's going to do anything to any of these coaches. I've, I've written this before, but it's like they I think it was Red Smith or one. I think it was Red Smith had the line like, don't got up the the players. This is the oh, old yeah. sports yeah. writer. That was right. Don't got yep. don't yep. got up the players. And that was his advice as a because because, you know, these players aren't they're not gods. They're human beings. And they'll you know, Tiger Woods, is the the greatest human being of all. Eh, OK, maybe he's not the best husband, but you can play a golf ball. You know, like you learn stuff. Today we got up the coaches. These coaches get got have so much power, so much popularity. They're able to. They're really good. The the good ones are really good at making the fans and then a pack of like almost like state run media to defend anything they do. And it doesn't matter whether it's like okay, I'm just going to spout off on all this stuff, and you and you just go, well, I just got. It, no one's ever going to say anything to you, or it's it's like like Will Wade just saying, yeah, give me my job back. Okay. And they go, okay. Right. <laughs> Here's your job back. Like nobody could do anything to these guys. So I just think when you have a coach, just kind of just way out of his depths, it's, it's not that Mike Gundy can't have an opinion, whatever opinion he wants, whatever he wants to do, I guess. But it's like, why are you expressing that? You know, why are you just saying, Hey, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to go on a 20 minute rant about this or that, or bounce back and forth. I think it's just these coaches, everyone's always agreeing with them. Great idea, coach, coach. You're so funny. Uh, and they, they start believing it. And it's like, yeah, maybe there's certain things you just do it. Like coach Ogeron, just how can I help? You know, how can <laughs> I help? Hey, let's make a funny video with the, with the team doctor and tell people to wash their hands and stay inside. That's, what you should do because football coaches is laughing about this NFL draft thing where they, they're going to have to do, um, you know, they're going to have to do it through zoom or Google hangout or, you know, Skype or whatever, the, the NFL draft and the NFL coaches and GMs are all flipping out because they need it professionals to come to their house to set up the, uh, the technology on their computers because they can't do it themselves. And so they're, they're, they're bitching and moaning and claiming this is going to be unhealthy because someone's got to come like, you are so you are really good at one thing, running a football program. <laughs> Most of these guys are incapable of doing anything else. <laughs> ask them to change their oil. <laughs> ask them to <laughs> ask them to uh, you know rake their own yard. Ask them anything, and it's I don't know how to do that. And so I just think there's there's some of that where 
you know, Gundy and some of these guys just like, why are you, uh, you know, I, it goes to the Mike Leach part. Like, why are you tweeting? Like, you're the head coach. Just this isn't, hey, I'm going to have funny memes. I'm going to try yeah. to crack up my friends. Like, yeah, not when you get paid $3 million a year or whatever the hell you're getting paid. Like certain jobs, you just don't, don't tweet. It's pretty simple. <laughs> No, I, I, your point, I, 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 boy, I cannot agree hard enough. And I, because I've just seen it over decades now covering this sport, and it is more pronounced in college sports by far than in professional sports. It's probably true on some high school levels with legendary coaches, but the amount of fame and adulation and money that goes along with being successful at that one thing can really have a, a, poisonous effect i think on people's on their worldview and their their view of themselves uh to things i've always said everybody should have a boss who is capable of telling them no or you're wrong and you should probably have somebody in your personal life who could say no or you're wrong uh it'll keep you out of a lot of trouble from thinking that you are an expert on all things and it goes i mean how many times have we sat there at these introductory press conferences where they're bringing in a coach 100 because they think that coach can win, but it's all about this is a man of great integrity and this and then they imbue him with all these other characteristics that really have nothing to do with why they are there. And you start building up this mythology, this larger than life thing around these coaches. Joe Paterno, you want to go there. This was a guy who all of a sudden became the man in charge of an ivory tower. And when we started to find out about some horrible things going on with that ivory tower, I think the first instinct from a lot of people was protect the ivory tower, not protect people who are being victimized, but protect the ivory tower that's been built. And, you know, that's just a mentality that goes with college athletics. And you mentioned, too, you get to the media, state run media. You know, there's some people that are not part of the state run media, but they are in a smaller and smaller supply everywhere. And so when you become that guy who criticizes somebody, man. It's more and more you are alone on an island or what's try wrong to with fired. you. Yeah. 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 I mean, Glenn Gilbo in Louisiana is one guy who basically has come out and said, well, Wade's full of crap. And boy, are people going after Glenn Gilbo. Barry Trammell has sometimes been that guy in the state of Oklahoma and people have gone after him. You know, I mean, it's, it's not that easy to be in that position. I, you know, in the national media, we have maybe a little bit more. I don't know what what the word is. So we, you know, we're just maybe a little bit more free to be able to do it. But boy, a people don't more. like it when we do it either. Yeah. A lot more. Yeah, I mean, because you move on to the next thing. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought I, it, I thought it was interesting in, in Oklahoma, guys, that one of the I thought the best column I, I, I wrote about this actually came from an Oklahoma State fan site. Uh, I don't know if you guys read the column by Kyle Porter on pistols firing. Not exactly, uh, you know, an Oklahoma State site that that you would think would would have some uh, objectivity in all this. And, and basically, the the guy, you know, gently ripped Gundy and just being for being completely unself aware, not having the empathy and understanding the moment, and and uh, in, in being tone deaf. And I thought that column in that venue was maybe more powerful of anything any national reporter wrote because he's going directly to the audience. And, uh, yeah. you know, that if, was if very you, good. It was very yes, good. It was, it was very smart and, and very, uh, and, and very well done. I thought. And, uh, and, you know, brave is probably a strong word considering the real bravery going on right now in hospitals and other places in there. But, you know, you, you risk alienating your constituency, uh, writing a column like that. So I was, I, I don't know, Pat, what your Twitter mentions look like in your email inbox. You have a public email inbox like I do look like. But 
boy, it was a uh, it was it was a scary peek into a world that we certainly know exists, but maybe didn't want to see. Would you say that? Yeah. Oh, for sure, no doubt about it. Now, the interesting thing, a lot of that what I got was more political than necessarily straight up like Oklahoma State faithful defending Mike Gundy. But holy moly, was uh, yeah that. There's a lot of people. I mean, I, I, the, the, there was a common refrain of, why don't you just curl up in the fetal position then and we'll go play football? Okay, tough guy, but here's the thing. You're not going to decide when we go play football either, okay? You know, it's not up to you because you're tough and you want America to have football that all of a sudden we're going to have football. It's not quite that easy. Yeah. Well, especially when Gundy didn't say he wanted football because it's good for America. It's good for their pocketbook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. The thing that just was just – fascinating to me was he just literally is like let's just throw the guys out there they can handle it right yeah okay maybe was his word like well yeah we'll basically lock them up away and let them come and entertain us you know 12 yeah right yeah and make the state money look like they may do that with with like like i can totally this this plan if they get the testing to say the nba is just going to take over the mgm grand in vegas we're going to, you know, just go right to the playoffs, 16 teams. We're going to put everybody in these hotels, maybe across the street at New York, New York, too, because they got that's that same MGM owns that or whatever. And play four games a day and then, you know, beat this thing down for two months. And you go, God, that's that's crazy, right? You're putting these guys, sequestering them, all that. Look, if you're making 30 million a year, that's what you got to do. This is your job. You have a choice to go do that. And, and lots of people at work, we've all gone to Olympics and World Cups and stuff, you sometimes have to be away from your family for a while, right? So I'm not going to cry a river if LeBron James got to go do that. But if you're a college kid, I mean, they literally say, why college sports? We don't have to give them any money. They get uh, 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 the campus experience. They get the fans. They get the adulation. They get the the, the schooling. And you literally have a coach going, yeah, we're going to care if there's no school. We're just lap them in a bubble. They get none of any of that stuff, but they got to make us some dough here because Oklahoma needs – we're broke in Oklahoma. We need the money. Like, I, again, I think just these players would just be like, I'll sit out a year, man. We'll come back next year. I'm good, right? Like, I, I you know, some of them may need to go to the NFL. or what, That's fine. But I would think a lot of football players would be like, we're good. Just wait a year because unless you got this thing figured out, I am hoping they figure it out. I still have hopes. I still have some confidence that we will. Uh, but you know, if you don't, that, that, that's not a plan. And I don't even know how that would work, but anyway, that's, there's a big difference between, as you mentioned, professionally paid athletes with a union that would have to sign off on it, agreeing to go do something like that. And college players and basically that coach mentality, just get out there and do what we're telling you boys. By the way, I just I just checked my email, an email that came in this morning. I pray Mike Gundy and Mike Leach slap the taste out of you, you liberal anti-Semite <laughs> commie. Anti-Semite. I didn't know when that got thrown in there, too. How'd you get that one? Slap yeah. the taste out of you, you liberal anti-Semite commie. How about that? Interesting. How, where's yeah. the, uh, uh, the commie I don't get, really, but uh-huh. the anti-Semite. All right. <laughs> I'm kind of. I would be in favor of them slapping you too. By the way, I'm not. I'm not saying that email is all wrong. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Understood. Yep. All right. Well, speaking of Coach Leach, um, he's going to get some sensitivity training for his tweet. I don't want to delve too much back into all that at Mississippi State, but I do want to note that uh, whoever gambled on this, it's uh, Leach got the first uh, school disciplinary action over. Lane Kiffin, 
So <laughs> yeah, I think that, it was that pl- we know of. Yeah, I right. think it was yeah. plus one fifteen on that. It's the uh, <laughs> Yahoo Lane- Sports uh, app. Yeah, Lane has likely been in Boca as uh, you know where he has a house still from his time at FAU. So I doubt he's I doubt he's riding this out in Oxford, which means we're less likely to hear about anything if if, okay. if, if it does happen. Okay, pretty good well, point. It's probably yeah. near the, well, the uh, orchard keys and that ain't helping him. So. Is yeah, the orchards they- of Asia massage parlor. Is that an essential activity? Is that a- <laughs> <laughs> just asking? <laughs> I don't know. If that's essential business or not. I mean, it's like physical therapy. That's what <laughs> that's right. That's right. Mr. Kraft <laughs> had to say, that's um, right. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to this. Cause what better topic than this one? Brett McMurphy, our buddy Brett McMurphy of the stadium, watchstadium.com, uh, polled, ran a poll. He's like the uh, Frank Luntz of the uh, college football media. Ran a poll of uh, athletic directors of all football bowl subdivision and uh, found that 88% of athletic directors want an expanded college football playoff when the current contract ends after the 2025 season of those athletic directors, 72% believe eight teams should qualify. Only 12% wanted to keep it as is. And then they, they break it in. Does this surprise? I'll get into this because we got time to discuss this. What? Hey, someone's going to give us a playoff topic. We'll take it uh, during this thing. I was like, this is great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is tremendous. We can debate this for weeks. Um, does this surprise either of you? No. It, no. No. Because I hear... I hear, oh, it's not on our radar. It's uh, no one's discussing it. And I always go, oh, they're discussing it with me. But I guess I'm not the because, you know, the one thing the playoff and the the BCS people like doing is saying nothing's happening until it happens, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, this this obviously is is a segue for Dan to to prop up uh, death to the BCS. You can buy like paperbacks on Amazon still. So yeah, maybe, I, I maybe no during pandemic he'll write a sequel because he's got some more uh, <laughs> got some more free free time on his hands. But here's a couple a couple thoughts. One of the things that I've heard about the playoff as you know as it's being debated behind the scenes yet in front of the scenes the little cliche bots that come out and tell us the you know tell us what's happening be like there is no serious discussion. There's serious discussion. Of course there is. And you know what's going to make more serious discussion? The significant Significant financial crunch all these athletic departments are likely going to be under as we look at the reality of some type of shortened season. So it, we're, we're wondering what's the trigger, right? The last trigger to go to the current playoff system was the two SEC teams playing in that BCS title game, Alabama, LSU. Was that 12, 13 around then? Was that, uh, something? Uh, Alabama, LSU was 2011. 11, 12. Yeah, mm. 11, the 12 bowl game. So, yes. That was the last distinct trigger. And for there to be evolutions of the significance, be they conference realignment, be them in the playoff, there has to be some type of trigger. Well, this pandemic is going to be a trigger. It's going to change college sports as we know it in a lot of ways because of the potential lost revenue. So what's the easiest way to pump hundreds? It's almost like a stimulus plan for the sport. What's the easiest way to pump hundreds of millions back into the sport? We'll expand the playoff. Create more marquee games. Create more games that are going to rate like NFL playoff games, NFL wildcard games. Give the sport an adrenaline shot. And I, I really do think we're going we're gonna to get there if this, if this pandemic does creep into the fall and does start to siphon away 
the funds from these major athletic departments. Because like Pat and Ross Dellinger wrote on SI yesterday, it was a great story. And, and the, the one quote summed it up, the athletic, the, the athletic directors throw their hands up. They can't have a bake sale and make up tens and in many cases, hundreds of millions of dollars that they could potentially lose. So how do you get it back? There aren't a lot of ways to get it back. You can't double your season ticket price. You can't stick a knife to the throat of your your TV folks. But you, let me tell you this. ESPN can say what they want. They sure as heck want an expanded playoff. They want bigger ratings. They want more games that matter. Right now, those games in the, uh, you know, the I don't even know what it's called because they don't even matter. Like the Sugar Bowl, when it actually is played without a playoff tie, those are duds, man. People aren't paying attention. Like when Georgia makes the Sugar Bowl and they don't make the playoff, it's a massive disappointment. Sure, some, you know, some undergrads are going to get drunk on Bourbon Street, but the stadium isn't full. The game is buzzless. So all the bull folks are going to be pushing for it, too. And it's it, it is the most logical economic stimulus that we could see during this pandemic. And I very well will write this column today. So thank you for bringing this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I mean, for absolutely the reason you demarked is that in times of crisis, where do you go? You go where you can find the money, and that's where you can find the money. Uh, you know, if, if your state is having trouble, well, we'll raise the tax on cigarettes and we'll make a road, a toll road, and a bridge, a toll bridge. Okay, well, in college football, okay, we'll just expand the playoff. Now, I, it would be wildly popular, too. I don't think it would be an unpopular move. You may have to, you know, sell a few administrators on, you know, college presidents or whatever. Well, yes, we're going to creep into the finals and all that sort of thing. But when you can, when you confront them with the reality that, uh, we're losing a lot of money here and we need to find a way to remake it or get it back. That's the way because, and we've talked about this, uh, you know, Dan's written about this, you know, the, the, is, is the revenue spigot drying up from a, from a meteorite standpoint? Can it be, you know, if we peaked on that and heading the other way. So if there's one place you can find the money and expand a playoff, we'll do it. I mean, uh, here's the thing. There's going to be less money. What, hopefully we get a season going a hundred percent. If if there's no season, it's cataclysmic for college athletic departments. But if yes. even if we get a season, <laughs> and us, the, and <laughs> us, yes, we'll be talking about uh, I yeah. don't know what, but we're gonna yeah. keep talking. Even if we get a season, what's the chances we get fans? Might be playing without fans. I don't know. Hope not. Even if we get fans, will they allow a hundred thousand, or do they say we can only allow thirty thousand of you spread out? I don't know. How many will go? Are 100,000 people going to go and sit there and go, you know, this is coronavirus thing. I don't really want to be in a crowd. Maybe I'll do it if Alabama's playing LSU, but I'm not going to go when LSU's playing, you know, whatever, uh, Sam Houston State. I'm just going to sit that one out. How many parking spots? How many? And then you go, well, well, the one thing you always have at college athletics is the big spigot donors. Yeah, well, oil is tanked. Uh, a lot of people have businesses that aren't open right now. Almost everyone is going to make less money this year than they did last year. Investments are going to be down this year compared to Ooh. what's like the first thing. If you got to tighten the belt a little, you go my way and never give any money to your school because that's just a non-essential. <laughs> Trendsetter! Dan Wetzel ahead around. of the curve, as we all knew. Yeah. Should, I, should I give 10 grand so I'm a Tiger Gold member level club or should I pay my mortgage? Yeah. I'm paying my mortgage, okay? I'm paying right. for my kid to go to school. I'm going to make sure my car payment's done. So there's a huge 
pack of money than in there. All right, so I agree. They are going to do this thing. 88% to me was, that's an astounding number. And that is actually very consistent because I've always said, other than one or two people, now maybe these people just don't talk to me because uh, they don't like me and it's certainly possible, but everyone I talk to, to is always like, yeah, you guys have to. Yeah, right. Um, we can't but escape. all the people I talk to in college sports are like, oh yeah, we got to do this. We got to do this. Yeah. We can do better, 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 better. So 88% sounds about right. Okay, so here's the next one because then it's like, well, how do we do it? 18 playoff if it's adopted. This is a great poll. Like I said, this is the Quinnipiac poll of 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 uh, sports <laughs> polls, just like that, Quinnipiac. Of all the schools telling us who's going to win the presidential election, I'm like, we're going Quinnipiac. Really? Yeah. How did they? How did they get that niche? <laughs> Come on. Shouldn't like Yale have a thing? Or, I don't know. Quinnipiac. All right. The Quinnipiac poll. How many people even know Quinnipiac's a school that listen to those polls? Anyway, the Q. The only reason I know is like it was in Connecticut, and we used to have people that worked at ESPN from the Q. That's that's the Q, all. Yeah, Quinnipiac's great. Uh, Baker Dunleavy is the coach there, and their most prominent donor is Murray Lender of Lender's Bagels. I grew up in New England, man. I know a little Quinnipiac fact. They got a good hockey team sometimes. Yeah, hockey's good. Uh, Hockey's good. They put a lot of money into athletics there. Haven't got a big return. They put a lot into polling. Well, I I, I give them a six-point lead over over Fairfield (laughs) University (laughs) in the polling. No, anyway, okay, who should get in? The top response was that the 18 playoffs consist of five power, five conference champs, the highest ranked non-power five team, and then the two highest ranked at-large teams. 66% of the ADs want that. Non-power five ADs really wanted it. So they were saying, the, the debate basically is, does do we guarantee a spot for the power five, the best power five champ, or do we just open it up to the top three to get in? Um. I kind of like just opening it up, but I do not not worry if if a power five a non-power five team is good enough, they get in. If not, but I seem to be in the minority on this one. What do you guys think? I think it's kind of interesting if you have if you get the one seed, like it, it keeps more regular season SEC championship type buzz. So if you you know if you if say Ohio State's playing the Big Ten title game and Alabama's playing in the SEC title game, if you get the one. You can play Southern Miss or Memphis or Boise instead of playing, you know, Georgia, right? Like, I yeah. think that's that would be a huge – I think it would be good. And, look, I'm an inclusive guy, all right? I want those group of five conferences energized. I want the conversation. I want the focus and attention on them. You know, like when Pat and I started covering the sport uh, nationally back in 04, Utah crashing that glass ceiling was a big deal. And I don't feel like because of the way the system's set up, that those it's like, hey, go be the chum in an orange bowl. No one's going to watch for an SEC team that doesn't want to be there. Like that's not really as buzzy as, hey, we can we can be Cinderella. Right. Like uh, I remember, Dan, you wrote when when Boise was was on their run, like how amazing it would be if you could watch Boise, watch him pull an upset and then keep going. Like that's yeah. the thing about the NCAA tournament Cinderella's you watch them. You fall in love with them. You become attached to them. You get to know Jared Zabransky and Ian Johnson and all these star players, and then you can follow them again and kind of in, in grow and grow with them. So I, I I am I am in favor of inclusivity while recognizing that the group of five ads and commissioners will not be in favor of that kind of inclusivity because it will inherently box out one of their own. 
Well, well, 59% of Power 5 ADs support the automatic bid for the group of five. That's, well, that's pretty big. So I, yeah. only 35% say no, it should be the top three at large. I just wonder if there should be a, like, okay, most years it's going to work. Uh, UCF's good or Boise's good or Houston or Cincinnati. But what if there's a year where there just really isn't one? And you're throwing like a nine and three team in there to just get annihilated. Like, is there a maybe like a clause? Like, if you're ranking the top fifteen, you get in. Yeah, or top no, that's fair. I just and wonder about that because, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I like the underdog idea, but I also just think like, well, you know, and, and then there is an element. It's the same way the NFL's doing it, where you know now it's going to be only one team. If you're the top seed, you get a buy. And so that's why you want teams fighting at the end, because it's like, yeah, I don't got to play. And it's basically a reward. People always say, oh, this is stupid. I'm like, no, it's a reward. It makes the regular season matter more, as you said. Uh, Go ahead, Pat. Yeah, no, I mean, I I absolutely want a group of five representative who's locked in every season because I, you know, yeah, there's going to be some years they're they're not going to be very good. There's also going to be some years where the champion of the Pac-12 is eight and four. Or some other conference, you know, where like, I I don't know, like the Big 12, Oklahoma gets upset by Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game or whatever. So I I wouldn't want to necessarily put that sort of uh, limitation on the G5 without putting it on the other conferences as well. But yeah, eight teams, uh, power five champions, one G5, two at large, bring it on. I just I think it'd be fantastic. And then we can we can all start beating the drum for the, you know, the Wetzel plan of playing that first round on campus sites. Uh, which yeah. I think would be fantastic. Well, and I'm going to get to that. That was okay. also asked in the great okay. Brett Go McMurphy poll. But one weird stat here, preferred playoff. <laughs> I like getting down the nitty, you know, I'm like, uh, what's the guy? Uh, John King on the, I said, don't watch cable, but that guy with the map. <laughs> yeah. John King with the, yes, the touch map. Yeah. Yeah. The touch yeah. map. Yeah. It's like, yeah, look he at that. Jones County here. If yeah, this yeah. comes in at 62%, he's finished, right? He needs 60. Right. Yeah. He's usually right. It used right. to be Russert. God rest his soul. Yeah. Russert. Back, back in the hanging chat election. Yeah. He was at like a, a little board though or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, Florida's yeah. important. Like, no kidding. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Nine percent of non-power five ads voted to keep it at four. What? Who are these really? people? <laughs> they also oh they also are happy with the stock market's performance. Uh, yeah, the yeah, right. Began. Yeah. Who is yeah. the nine? They want more sit, pandemic. Yeah. You, you yeah. Sit there in the sit there in the mid-American conference going, yeah, we're, we're good. I like being totally locked out, and not getting much money out of this thing. What, why would they? Be, why would any of them vote that way? I don't understand. Anyway, there was a good column in the Philadelphia Inquirer yesterday, and I'm probably going to write something in the next week that that touches on this. We talked about sports being cut, right? When we're talking about non-power five and whatever. What really needs to happen in this after this is essentially the power five leagues, especially especially the geographically challenged ones. We can we can throw the Big East in there and some different things. They basically have to designate football basketball, it could be both men's and women's, if we want Title IX, to play actual league schedules. And then you need to regionalize all the other sports. Like, there is no reason for Providence to play Creighton in volleyball or field hockey or golf or any of these sports, all right? Like, the leagues have to take a step back and say, we can save millions a year. Now, they don't have these millions anymore. They did allegedly before because they had all this money coming in. But, like, the notion of even like the, the Pac-12, quite frankly, which is one of the more geographically friendly conferences like Washington, 
in all the other sports, probably shouldn't be going to Arizona State. Now, can you do like a big meet for golf or, or some other sport? Sure. But like Washington should be playing Gonzaga and Eastern Washington and Oregon and Portland and all these schools. And you take a, take a school like West Virginia. Are you kidding me? They're sending their <laughs> non-revenue teams to Lubbock and to Ames. Ames is the closest place to go. I shouldn't even say Ames. They're sending them there. That has long been one of the dumbest things in all of college sports. And all the red tape around college sports that has essentially enabled it needs to be cut through. Regionalize the non-revenue sports. And, and maybe, Pat, you disagree with me because you've had kids who played non-revenue sports, right? So, like, but does Georgia really need to go to Missouri to swim? No, they can they can swim. They, certainly, I want competition to be good, and I'm not I'm not downcasting that. I, I'm not trying to trying to marginalize these sports, but there has to be some sense of common sense and fiscal responsibility that comes with these ancillary sports, which we're just looking at for what they are now. They are huge net negatives on the budget. You want you want to know how those how those teams travel when they travel? It's not like the football and basketball teams travel. I can tell sure. you that. Sure. No. <laughs> you know what? Here, when, when the best swim team in college sports goes to Washington State, they fly out the morning of, they fly back that night, they do not spend a night in a hotel, they swim the meat, they eat a box lunch, they go from the airport to the pool, from the pool to the airport, and that's it. And that is very common for the way a lot of that travel happens. I can speak from, to that uh, absolutely. Georgia swim Missouri once in four years. They don't swim against everybody else in the conference. I can tell you that. I don't know the workings of like the baseball schedule or a lot of other schedules, but it is done on the cheap at a lot of places this way. It's not charter planes. It's not resort hotels. It's not private jets. It is done as cheaply as possible. Now, yeah, could they still probably save some money by regionalizing more? Sure. But there is already a very stratified difference between how the big guys travel on campus and how everybody else travels. About who gets training table and who doesn't. Who has how many trainers? Who does? Who has much, much fewer? Who has their own weight room? Who doesn't? So there's already a lot going on in that area. I would That's think fair. that it would be the, the grind on the student athletes – and that, you know, and, and, and like a lot of these, Pat, you're at a, your kids are at a different level, but like, I, I would imagine that like, you know, if you talk in the West Virginia, maybe West Virginia is not the best one, but like, if, I don't know if you're the West Virginia soccer team, most of the kids are from like West Virginia and Pittsburgh and Ohio. And so it's a better chance for their parent. Like you don't want to spend three, I, I get you could fly in and out, but I would imagine some of these long bus trips, you know, you're taking two or three days to go play one game or something, or I, I don't know. It just, it seems like a, a big burn on it. I would agree. And then I also think a lot of sports, it's like regional, even though, so you take like the ACC, like how the heck is like Boston College going to have as good a tennis team as, as Florida State? They're just not, right? Or like, like well, so, yeah. but they could, and so they don't even try. They don't even try. But they probably have a tennis team, but they should be playing yeah. Providence College. Right. And it's like ride down there, play some tennis. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but all right. Well, let's get to this part. Back to the poll. In an 18 playoff, where should the quarterfinals be played? This is, I got a little work to do here. 53% say campus of the highest seed. Pretty good. 47% said bowl game or neutral site. Somewhat interesting is 55% of Power 5 ADs say campus site. So do you include? 
these other bowl games as your quarterfinals, or we just just line them up and play on campus. Obviously, I think one the the travel we just talked about, the fact that fans can't just keep going week after week after week, and I think you'll see that as as maybe the country's a little less wealthier than when we were. And then I just I love per, my personal thing is I think one of the greatest parts of college football is the on campus environments. I love the stadiums, I love the tailgate, I love the campus towns, and bring an extra home game to those communities that need it. Why are we sending money to some NFL stadium when you can do it? You know, the, the, the college stadiums are better than the NFL stadiums. They're more fun. And and I so I'm in favor of that. I am kind of surprised that it's 55%. That's a pretty good number. And I imagine that can tilt pretty quick to where if I'm the bowl committee, they they better they, they can't do a cruise anymore to get these ADs on their side. Uh they need to really ramp up the fiesta frolic, buy <laughs> buy a lot of golf and whiskey for these guys because the uh, it's not trending in their direction well. Pete, what do you think? Campus sites? Could, could it could it actually happen? I mean, it should happen, right? But will it happen? Probably not. They they are so they're they're so it's almost like a mob relationship with the uh, you know with the with the with the bulls right now. Like they just they they've they've been they've been giving them a cut for so long they don't know any other way to do it. And um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the potential financial fallout of this makes schools in different places have a more clear-eyed look at this like how much more would Alabama make off a home game or LSU make off a home game or you know fill in the blank make off a home game than than they would sort of split in the till with uh, with everybody else and going going through the uh, going through the bowl system but don't underestimate the power of bowl mafia it is strong that's for sure no i mean that you know you have to fight that not just the the establishment of the bowl structure, but but as well, Dan wrote a book about the relationships that the bowls have intertwined with the schools and the and the administrators there. You know that it would take some undoing there, but I'm I'm all in favor of undoing it. And maybe something like this, like a legitimate massive financial crisis, is just the thing to uh, to untie some of those things. Yeah. Well. Anyway, good poll. Good job. Gave us something to talk about. We're getting closer to my dream. I think most of all, they need the next playoff to be designed by people who actually want a playoff. That was the problem yeah, with the last right? year. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, it's like I just, yeah. Still one of the most surreal days ever on the job was standing there in that hotel, you know, the, the very, very, very swanky hotel in California and listening to Bill Hancock with a smile on his face say we're going to have a playoff. It's like, wait a minute, you're the guy that said forever we shouldn't have a playoff and now you're going to smile and tell us this is a good thing? Yeah. Really? I, I remember back back in the day, like mid-2000s, being at some of those BCS meetings at some swanky hotel in uh, Florida. Do we see a trend here? And uh, it was it was Mike Slive, God rest his soul, basically trying to convince me to not call it a playoff in, in the New York Times the next day, but to call it a plus one. Because the word yeah. playoff was so evil and had all these <laughs> professional connotations that calling it a plus one, which was essentially a playoff, that that that, that would make it smoother in, in the eyes of like the college presidents. Like these were conversations we had, articles were written about, and it was hilarious. Like, no, it's a it's a 14 playoff. It's not a plus one. The plus one. Yeah, I remember that one. My God. <laughs> Such stupidity. So much of this stuff was so stupid. It was great, though. I wrote two books about it. They literally, I would just write chapters. They'd send out a press release of some stupid argument. And I'd be like, here's a chapter. You know, <laughs> remember one of the arguments against 
home sites was where would the media stay? Because you need to be in big city. What if Kansas State hosted a playoff game? Where would you guys stay? And I'm like, first off, that'd be freaking awesome. A playoff game in Manhattan. Like, that'd just be phenomenal, right? That's that's what I love about the sport, this little-ass town and the whole... I go, I cover the NFL playoffs every year. Not once, until the Super Bowl, and even then, it's barely. The NFL goes, hey, uh, are, you, are, are you okay having a room somewhere? Can you figure it out? You know, like, they never call me up. Like, I, like how dumb are the college football media? We can't find a room and drive from Kansas City? Like... <laughs> They hope they hold NFL. They get the NFC Championship game in Green Bay. It works. It's all right. Like we figure it out. I'm like, ah, jeez. But you know, some of those media, the old school media, man, they needed their, they needed their uh, shuttle bus. They had to get a shuttle oh, bus and a gift. Oh. They couldn't. They wouldn't cover anything. You got it. The shuttle bus was always big with uh, many folks in the media. Quote yeah. sheets. Yeah. Need the quote sheets. Where are the quote where's sheets? The, where's the quote sheets? Uh, where's where's my bag? I'm getting a uh, comp bag here. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. It's like yeah, I, I was like, you're holding up a playoff because you're worried I won't find a place to stay because I'm too <laughs> dumb to make a hotel reservation in the unlikely occurrence that Kansas State's hosting a game. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going to call bullshit on that one. I don't think that's really what we're holding this thing up. Uh, we, all right. uh, if, if we keep going without sports, we should do a little polling of, of one another on the most pampered media sets out there. Which sports? <laughs> mm. a, yeah. boy, I would be covering yeah. golf this week. Coming and I can in May you, on the Yahoo Sports You brought up podcast. golf, not me. You brought up golf, not me. Golf, oh my God. I was at a, I can't remember what, what tournament, but they, they go. They handed out free umbrellas to all the media. I take no media gifts, so I didn't take my umbrella, which enraged this guy next to me. He's like, what do you mean you didn't get your umbrella? Where's your umbrella? I'm like, I don't take gifts from the... Can I get your umbrella? I'm like, you go up there and ask him. I don't give a crap. I don't take I don't take anything from these people. Well, then they announce on Sunday, we have extra umbrellas. And you would have seen, like, uh-huh. it was like... Stampede. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, if they they threw, they said we got extra toilet paper. Anyone want any? We'll have it in the middle of the city. <laughs> I was like, it's a freaking. How many umbrellas you guys need? Like, you only need one umbrella. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it was an umbrella cost ten bucks. I don't know. I don't I don't know. know. These umbrellas, but yeah, yeah so, no. it was, you, you would have thought uh, uh, Rick Riley when he was envisioning what the golf channel was going to do to fill 24 hours of programming back in the days when nobody thought you could have 24 hours of golf programming. That was like 10 to 11 golf writers reminisce on the last time they paid for a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. That's about right. Uh, we started this show with coach O giving uh, uh preaching for social distancing, hand washing, all that flatten the curve. And uh, I'll tell you, they're taking it serious down at LSU. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, you know, last week uh, at the Bronx Zoo in New York, a tiger tested positive for coronavirus. I, I, I don't know. That to me was I didn't want to read more about that because it just sounded like <laughs> a plot twist in a horror movie. Like, wait, what? Tigers can get it now? Like, what? What are these people doing with the tiger? I don't. There's just a lot of questions I don't want answered. So. But at LSU, where you got Mike the Tiger, the the great Mike the Tiger, Mike the Tiger Seven, who who if you've ever been to LSU, you've ever been to LSU, they literally have a cage, a pen where he walks around. Like you can go walk right up and see Mike the Tiger, and obviously they bring him out on the field and in in a cage. Okay, yes, it is a very nice cage. 
because, well, I mean, you really don't want, you know, he's all fun and games till he escapes like that kangaroo. <laughs> think the kangaroo in Mississippi, did he get, uh, think he's got kangaroo. Corona? He, he might, he might have the virus too. You never they know. may rule him a COVID death. He also had three gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> kangaroo yeah, anyway, uh, has got down, the sniffles. <laughs> we don't have an update. We need an update on our our, our loose kangaroo. Kangaroo, <laughs> the sniffles, and uh, three three bullet holes. <laughs> COVID. Let's call it a COVID death. Uh, anyway, we don't want that with Mike the Seven. We don't want it with the kangaroo either. So they have uh, created additional fencing and about ten feet of space between Mike the Se- Mike the Tiger and the people who visit the tiger. So uh, it's more than the recommended six feet of distancing. You now cannot get within 10 feet. Uh, Ginger Gutner, spokesman, spokeswoman for the LSU School of Veterinary Medicine, said the fans I know want us to do the best for him and make sure he's well cared for. We're doing everything we can to make sure that happens. So uh, one more reminder, if you see a tiger, do not get too close. That thing might have coronavirus. (laughs) Good on Mike the Tiger for and LSU for keeping him safe. LSU's really been national champs in this in this pandemic no doubt. too. They no have doubt. ruled 2020. That's for sure. Yeah. Really, really yeah. getting it done. Yeah. yeah. So. You think about Joe Burrow with what he did at the Heisman and raising all that money too. Yeah. Like uh, way to yeah. way to take the lead, LSU. Go Tigers! <laughs> I just want to know, like, if the Tiger can get it from a human, can then the Tiger pass it back to another human? I mean, that's what, that's what I'm is, saying. Don't get this, near the right. But I thought those like, guys on Tiger King. With, if it started with bats and somebody ate the bat, and then the, somebody gives it to the Tiger, then can the Tiger give it to us? And or can the Tiger give it to anybody else? You know, can it give it to another animal? I, I mean, where's this thing? What's the chain on this? I need a chain. I need. This a, is why I, I don't want to know. Chain. This is terrifying. What if like the squirrels in my yard get this thing? Like, I, I, <laughs> have a pack of viral squirrels running around? Yeah, yeah. Your this, twice a week zoology podcast here on Yahoo. Oh Sports. my god! This, this is, is why. Yeah. Well. This is let, let me just preface. This is as completely uninformed as Coach Gundy. So don't listen to us. <laughs> We're just <laughs> the mainstream media is not covering the real story. What's up with that squirrel looking at me outside? Dan, we need more positive stories. That was a big part of Coach Gundy's plea. What I'm about sorry. that have recovered? Well, what yeah. you about them? Two pigeons recovered. Three squirrels yeah. look dead. I don't know. <laughs> I must oh, focus look. on the pigeons that made it. We're getting back right. to our root. We're getting back to our roots here with the the you know the animal threats to mankind and, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, don't I? I have not lost. Fo- don't take your eye off the ball here. Don't let the <laughs> lamestream media distract you. <laughs> These animals are not on our side. <laughs> and now they're getting a little taste. They get a little taste of what happens when we shut our factories down. Oh, the skies here, the water. It's much better. What if we get rid of these a-holes in their little houses? I swear that squirrel's going to run up to me and just breathe on me and then run back. Freaking terrified. You get an answer, Ginger Gutner. I need an answer, LSU. Coach O, think of that. He's probably wrestling an alligator right now. That's not healthy. People are going to think our podcast happy hour was executed uh, while we while we did this at lunchtime, uh, which right. it was not. This is just actual. Nope. 
the podcast is you. drunk with 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 no bush light. We held it together for for a while, but uh, it's yeah. only so long I can get. <laughs> I'm calling Coach Gundy. See what he thinks of this. Please do get him All on right. the horn. I'm now a fan. I'm on his side now <laughs> against you two. Grow grow a mullet, Dan. We we want a pandemic Wetzel mullet. Bunch of cowards! You t- you're not paying attention. When Pat went to Sports Illustrated, he went into the mainstream media. I think that's what yeah. you're trying to say. Oh, there we go. Yahoo. There we go. Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Thamel, who worked at Sports Illustrated and the New York Times, uh, none of those places would ever hire me. So I've just got nothing. I was a, I worked at a casino, Greektown uh, Casino College. Man, that thing. Yeah. yeah. But more recently, you've become a documentary mogul. So I don't want to hear. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, big big screen Wetzel. Did, did you put That's on your right. makeup for uh, for the podcast for our, for our video for our video segments? They get put on Twitter. Uh, naturally, this good looking. Okay, That's good. That's... Naturally, I don't need it. I'm ageless, like Jennifer Aniston. Uh, all right, it's the end of the podcast. We got to go. I got to go <laughs> trap some squirrels. Uh, we'll be back next week, though. Something will happen. I get. You know, I thought we'd run out of topics already. We haven't. Something no. always happens. Yeah. Podcast isn't any good, but it's better than what you got going on in your your <laughs> locked in house. So <laughs> yeah. Take we care. need a Gundy press conference every week. I, I, Pat, <laughs> yeah. you and I should you write guys a t- email to we'll Oklahoma State and request that. That would yeah. be so great. I was mad at you guys. You're telling them to shut up. Don't shut up. <laughs> Egg them on. <laughs> good point, coach. That's a really fascinating perspective. <laughs> You're so wise. All right. Talk to you later. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.